Welcome to Listen to Learn or Not. We have Claire. I don't even know your last name, Claire. (laughs) No one does. No one needs to. (laughs) Even my real last name is fake. (laughs) Claire is the share of the Pacific Northwest. (laughs) Just just one name. One name. (laughs) One name. We also have life coach Lori, a woman of many names and many hats. (laughs) (laughs) Including Grandma Lala. That's that my favorite. is true. Yeah. That's a, that's, and you got me, just Anna D. Wait, you have a last initial. That's not fair. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's not a full name. <laughs> not a full name. But uh, I got to apologize. I'm not going to be able to contribute much to your learning today. I have been swamped at work. But I haven't been listening much to the news then. You, I'm going to actually be the one to listen and learn from you two. Are you okay with that? <laughs> or not. Or not. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that that is fine, and and uh, we've we've come loaded for bear with uh, some stuff that happened this week that I don't I know some things I need to get off my chest. I don't know about you guys. I'm I'm apologizing in advance because I'm I'm feeling some rants coming on, and I don't mean to rant at you, but you're the only ones I can. There's not um, much I like more than a Claire rant. <laughs> good. <laughs> um, I. I would like to start with uh, Naomi Osaka. Um, uh, not everyone is familiar with her name. She is the arguably the number one tennis player in the world right now. She is very young. She is incredibly talented. Uh, she is of uh, mixed race, uh, Japanese, uh, black, a couple of other uh, uh, things that I'm not entirely sure of all of it. All I know is that she's a great tennis player. That's really all I care about is that she is a great tennis player, and, and she has been for quite some time. And this weekend, the, these, these two weeks are the French Open. Uh, Roland Garros is the name of the stadium. It's also the, the name of the organization. And uh, like with, with all professional sporting events, regardless of the sport you are in, there is a, a written expectation in the player's contract that they will participate in press conferences uh, after every flipping match. <laughs> it's so okay, I'm going to try to hold my rant and explain the story because as you can see I already I already have an opinion about this. Naomi Osaka came out just before the tournament started and said and she put this out on social media that um she was no longer going to participate in the press conferences and she understood that she'd probably be fined for that. Like we've had a history of football players, Marshawn Lynch is the one who comes to mind, uh, who who took the fines without going to the press conference, because she said they were difficult for her mental health. Um, and for those of you who don't understand what these press conferences are, the reporters ask you questions. They typically ask you the same question over and over and over, and they question what you did and how you did it and what your opponent did and why they did it. And I don't know what their ultimate goal is, but, you know, it gets in your head. I mean, if you were at your job, you know, uh, baking bread or being an attorney or making cat food or whatever it is that you do for a living, you don't want somebody there questioning every single thing you do. Um, But there's this assumption that sports is entertainment and that we as the public are entitled to uh, hear, hear from the players. And they all do it and they all suck it up. And Naomi Osaka said, no, not this time. I can't do it. I suffer from anxiety. I suffer from depression. Um, These press conferences get in my head. They affect the way I play. And I refuse to participate. And at first, she was fined for missing after her first match. Then Roland Garros, the organization and the tournament, started putting out these statements along with the other major Grand Slam tournaments, U.S. Open, Wimbledon, Australian Open, saying that there would be punishment down the road for not participating in these press conferences, including being expelled from or disinvited from the tournaments. At which point, Naomi Osaka, the number one player in the world, said, okay, then I'm not going to play, and she withdrew. And it's like, wow, your top attraction just left. Arguably your top attraction. Everybody's you know, typically watching Serena Williams. I'm there to watch Serena Williams. I mean, she's an amazing person to watch. But Naomi Osaka is an incredible player. All of these young girls, Coco Goff, there's, the future of tennis is the present of tennis. I mean, it's really spectacular how these women play. Um, and for somebody to just walk away from it to take care of their own mental health, I think is incredible. Um, 
Now I'm going to get to the real rant portion of, of my program, and then I'll shut up and let you guys talk. I promise. These press conferences are inane. They're stupid. And you know how I know that? Because I've been the reporter. I've been there. It was golf, granted, not tennis. But I have sat there in this room with reporters who want nothing more than to ask their question and hear their voice heard and think they're going to get a get and think they're going to get a sting and they're going to get a soundbite out of these people. And they ask them the same ridiculous things over and over and none of it has any bearing on anything. Why did your wrist move like that? Why did your hand move like that? Why did the ball do? Did the wind affect it? Did the clouds affect it? What about the sun? Was she wearing red? Was she wearing green? How come that color? It's ridiculous the things that come out in these press conferences. And I'm embarrassed as a member of the media that it has come to this point where a player has finally said, no, this is stupid and I'm not going to participate. And I applaud her a thousand times over for doing it as a tennis fan, as a member of the media, as a woman, and as a person who suffers from anxiety. I say, go Naomi and go start your own freaking tennis tournament and don't let anybody talk to the media. Okay, Ah, rant over. Wow. That's that's just amazing. Did they scramble to be like, oh, wait a minute. We didn't we didn't think you'd call us out because when you think about it, that's why like the gymnasts stayed in, you know, in these situations which were abusive because they wanted their sport. They didn't want to walk away. And so how brave of her to say, you know, you're going to put that out there. Then, okay, cheerio. Right. Exactly. Yeah. The gymnast is a great example. That that's even more extreme because their their bodies were were violated. Um, But because either no one would listen to them or no one cared, um, they continued to do it because, like you said, they didn't want to be separated from their sport. Um, I don't know if this is generational that she's able to stand up and say, I don't want to be separated from my sport. What's interesting is that this played out in the public. And um, Anna sent me a, 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 an interesting YouTube piece from sports commentator Colin Cowherd and J.A. Adande. They're both journalists, and, and I, I respect both of them for, for their takes on things. And they were having a conversation about uh, supporting what she did, but not how she did it. The question is, she rather than going to Roland Garros in private and saying, I don't want to do this, and this is why, she put out her statement on social media and let the entire thing play out in the public. Um, and... You know, the, the, those two men, Colin Coward and Jay Adande, disagreed as to whether or not that's the way she should have done it. I don't have a problem with a young athlete saying, listen, man, this is eating me alive. It's a mental health issue. I'm not going to talk. I, to me, that's the end of the story. Like, I got six kids in my life, two biological four-step kids. I see the mental health. I see what social media does. My wife and I are dealing with this all the time. And sometimes kids need a time out. They need time away. They need, they, 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 there's too much anxiety. So... And I, and I think to myself, I'll throw this at you. You know this, J.A., very well. Some athletes are great talkers. Kobe, uh, some athletes, you know, some guys love the mic, some don't. And I've never had a problem, J.A., if players, if 10% of a roster is allowed not to talk to the media for anxiety levels. But tennis is very interesting, Jay, because she's the star. There is no team. Where do you fall on her situation, this marvelous talent that has real anxiety with this stuff? Well, she is right to prioritize her her mental health and her well-being. And even if that's at the exclusion of playing tennis, she is right and, and she's in the right place. I believe she made a mistake, and I think it's common in the generation in having this play out throughout social media and young people don't understand the difference between having a conversation and sharing through social social media is not a place to have a conversation. And this needed to be a conversation. She needed to talk to the organizers of the tournament and say, I'm uncomfortable. Uh, I'm not well when I'm doing these, these press conferences, is there a way I cannot do it? She needed to have that in private and maybe they could have worked something out. And then the way they responded wasn't very well either, right? They didn't have a private response either and put her on the spot and ultimately became untenable. I'm not sure what I think about that. I think in this day and age and in her generation, that is where things happen is social media. But you have no control over the conversation. Once it gets there, you suddenly she was subject to, for as many uh, tweets as I'm sure she got, including one from me, supporting her decision, she probably got a million of them calling her all kinds of names that I wouldn't be able to repeat. Um, probably some from athletes. In fact, oh, Lord, I forgot. Roland Garros tweeted this thing. Oh, gosh, 
I got to find it. They basically trolled her. This professional French Open organization put out this like meme of four tennis players all smiling and laughing in front of a microphone. And it said something like um, they know how to play the game or something like that. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you really when things are on social media, you have zero control over over what what gets put, you know, sent back at you. What comes to me is I don't know who's in charge of this men or women, but, you know, it's almost like the bully thing. And I know it's not bully to make you participate. It's part of a contract you agree to. But we so often we're told, go get an adult, go to the authorities. Well, so often they don't care. You know, and so maybe, maybe she just went, you know what? I'm not going to go in there, have them tell me what for. Nobody hears it. And then it's my word against theirs. I'm just going to put it out there, you know? Right, right. And, you know, I've, you know, I've heard it said, well, she obviously doesn't want to play very badly. I was thinking about, um, this is a, a, an interesting comparison, but 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 kind of go with me on this. The number one football pick, Trevor Lawrence, uh, handsome, you know, really great quarterback kid out of Clemson who went number one to the Jacksonville Jaguars, gave a, a some kind of press conference or interview. And somebody said, do you play with a chip on your shoulder? And he said, no, <laughs> I don't have to, I don't have to prove anything to anybody. I play because I love the game. And, you know, it's like it's not like my entire life is focused on just winning football games. I have a well-rounded life and football is just part of it. And he got dogged, absolutely dogged by athletes saying, you're not hungry enough. You're not trying hard enough. You don't want it enough. And it's like, no, this is just one piece of who I am. Great football player, you know. And I think Naomi Osaka is kind of saying the same thing. Great tennis player is just one piece of who I am. And I'm not going to let you rule my life just so I can play this sport. I'll find a different way to play this sport. Have we heard anything from her since all of this came out? Not specifically, no. Let me check her Twitter. I follow her on Twitter, and I can't remember any. I can't remember her tweeting anything in the last three days. But I've actually been pretty busy. I think it was Monday that she officially withdrew. Nope, three days ago. Yeah, that was her. Uh, that was her last tweet. Was her uh, her statement about saying, you know, it's a pretty long statement about how she withdrew. So, no, that's the last thing that we heard from her since then. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really just ridiculous that, 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 that it had to come to this. And it's a sport. It's a spectator sport. It's entertainment. We're supposed to be doing this for fun, everybody. Not, you know, ruining the lives of people just because they're good at it. Right. Anna, you sent me, um, before we started today, you sent us a, a YouTube video of Serena Williams reaction. I haven't seen that. What was it? Uh, Something along the lines of her heart is with Naomi. Uh, Here it is. I feel for Naomi. I feel like uh, I wish I could give her a hug because I know what it's like. Like I said, I've been in those positions. We have different personalities um, and people are different. Not everyone is the same. I'm thick, you know, other people are thin. So um, everyone is different and everyone handles things differently. So, you know, you just have to let her handle it the way she wants to in the best way that she thinks she can. I have a real problem with how um, some people have been reacting to what she decided to do. And I'm talking about like Pierce Morgan, uh, Mm. who tweeted, pretty much that she was a a spoiled brat for choosing this. And um, I don't know if there's the mentality of you'll only be successful if you can just speak in public. Athlete, actor, you know, there are actors that that just don't want to really speak out there, you know, or talk. There's a broadcaster here that he was the best broadcaster, but he didn't really, he stayed silent. Like he never really liked to talk out in public. I think I am one of those people that um, don't really like to just talk to people up on stage or, you know, do any real public speaking unless I have a script, unless I'm scripted, because I am one of those people that are just frightened to, to say the wrong thing or to give people the wrong impression, which is so very easy to do when you're doing press conferences. I, I don't know if that's what she she thinks, but I know for myself, I can't get over myself. I can't get past my fear of, you know, looking bad 
um, or saying the wrong thing. I think there are a lot of people that are shy like that, you know? Um, there are. There are a lot of broadcasters that are shy. A lot of broadcasters are notoriously introverted, which you just, you wouldn't expect. Um, there was um, a couple people when I was working at the radio station uh, with you guys who were otherwise just um, really bright, energetic people on the air, and you could barely get them to talk to you in the hall, and not that they had any animosity to you. They just weren't talkers, you know? I think that's that's uh, pretty common. Clearly, I do not suffer from that problem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pierce Morgan, um, he also, he's really pisses me off, but he, he compared her to Meghan Markle in a way that indicated that the two of them were using mental health as an excuse to get out of doing things that they didn't want to do. Uh, in Meghan Markle's case, live among Buckingham Palace, and in Naomi Osaka's case, talk in public. And... Boy, I just, uh, Lori, I want to hear you rant on this because when when people say some somebody, well, you're you're not really suffering from this thing. You're using it as an excuse. Who is anyone to say what anyone else is going through? That's what comes to my mind is number one, how dare we judge somebody when we have no idea, and number two, that okay, it was in the contract. So maybe it could have been avoided in the beginning, but still maybe she thought she could do it because we always want to do what we're supposed to. But, you know, sometimes we have to stand up for it. And I mean, I remember when Marshawn Lynch went through this, you know, he didn't want to talk and he took the fines and people were like, "Eh," you know, because they wanted to hear from him. But you know what? It should always be their choice. And like you say, it's like sometimes those questions are so freaking ridiculous and they just have a list of questions. They're not even really listening to the answers. Oh, so true. They're just or they're looking for a reaction or they're looking to get um, they're not looking to serve the players. They're looking to get their big break. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Do you guys think that. Um, there's a mentality we have in our society. Uh, you know, you have to, you have to show confidence. You have to, you have to just talk your, you know, say things and and you know, be out there, put yourself out there. I do uh, to an extent. I think that I think that a lot of times our heroes are the most well spoken or can stand up and and deliver sound bites or say certain things, but not always. Um, it, Tom Brady's not the greatest talker in the world. Peyton Manning's terrific. I mean, you know, it, not everybody's built for it, but I do. Yeah, I, I do think that there is a a, um, a sense of you you must also have the ability to to stand up and look good and speak uh, the way you do. I just feel it's more like dance puppet dance <laughs> you know it, it it's more like the the media um certain media love people who dance to their tune and play their game more than they more than people who don't um regardless of their there are a few exceptions like um bill belichick the coach of the of the new england patriots you cannot argue that anybody is more successful in what they do uh as a um as a coach as a business person you know he's notoriously horrible um in press conferences he goes out of his way to be really bad at it um just probably to I'd like to think he just does it to annoy reporters it's possible that he suffers from a version of social anxiety too I really don't know that for a fact I'm just saying that from observation but he's mastered the art of saying nothing there's a running joke about you know post-game press conferences well it was a combination of our offense and defense that really won it for us you know or in or in baseball well it was a combination of our hitting and pitching that's why we won Bill, Bill Belichick has perfected saying inane things like that and getting reporters to publish them so um I think that if you play the game to a certain extent, the media likes you. And if you don't play the game, they don't. And they will they will crush you. They will crush you if you don't. And unfortunately, in, in this case, it's a young girl that's getting crushed. Mm-hmm. Do you guys think that should change then? I think the change needs to come from the reporters. I, I, that's my view, is that we need to, to turn the mirror on the people who are 
what is the point of these press conferences? What are we gaining from them? That's where I think it should be. But I feel like I'm in the minority. I think a lot of people think they're harmless and useful. And, um, you know, who cares? Because, you know, we all we all like to to scroll through our ESPN highlights and hear what people have to say about stuff. So I, that that's what I think. I don't think it has... I'm not saying... I don't know if we should make it voluntary, involuntary, contract, no contract. I don't think anybody should be forced to do it. But the real issue is how an, anti-productive they are, in my view. I, I think there's too much um, pressure, especially since um, media, social media... Uh, the way people receive it anymore um, is very different from even a year ago. So I could understand why there's even more anxiety to even want to speak out in public about anything anyway. You know, how about you, Lori? Do you think this is something that should change? I feel like with something like this happening where somebody just says fine and walks away from something so important and prestigious that it, it, it really, I think, can be revisited and maybe they could look at what the purpose is and and look at what they're really asking, right? Because a lot of times we we make these rules and people just go along with them. And then when somebody stands up against it, it's like, well, that was a stupid rule anyway. <laughs> right. You know, I don't know. I, I, I This is where I am erring on the side of. I feel like we want to be good citizens. We want to do our job. We want to do what's expected of us. But I also think we have the right to privacy. And I I don't think any of us, unless it's a major thing where you've done something terrible and you have to get up and explain what you've done, I don't think that people, public speaking is the most stressful thing in the planet for most people. And even the people we know that are public speakers will talk like this behind a mic, but put them out in front of people and they're like, uh, yeah, no. So I feel like it would be better to ask the person what they're capable of and set that expectation up. And if they're not and don't want to, maybe they could ask for somebody, their coach to talk for them or, you know, there's got to be some other solutions. I wonder if... Or, or if the media and the celebrity that they are wanting to interview could agree on on maybe what kind of what form of interviewing to do, so you know and make it normalized. So they'd like to traditionally take them after the game, after the match, and speak to them. But what about this? What if what if the celebrity agreed to submit in a, on video form? Or maybe if they're not still not up for video, maybe audio or even written or text or whatever, to answer their questions on TikTok or whatever, and just read out loud this, the question. Okay, blah 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 from CBS. Ask this, you know, and and then and here's my answer. I know they like it live, and I know a lot of questions sometimes come up during the live interviews that they didn't think of before. It just happens on the whim. But what if they? What if the media? decided let's do it that way you know for the people and there are so many that have this kind of anxiety because it is it is a real thing damn it pierce it is Mm -hmm. (laughs) you ding dong i don't know maybe that's just so unconventional that you know it sucks but if you want something maybe you're lucky to get something from somebody so anxiety ridden to to do social public speaking I don't know, Anna. That that sounds like work. Then I have to listen to it and <laughs> cut the tape and and no. I, I mean, I think that's what don't the response. Edit it. Don't edit it. Right. Yeah. Right. She, yeah. th- she's the one who has to edit it. You know. Right. Right. Yeah, let somebody she knows to edit it. What she wants on there, but actually answering the questions because I don't know if anxiety of public speaking. I know for myself it is about looking bad because you said something bad or maybe. Maybe you had something off, like if your fake eyelashes were like uh, going down to your nose or something. You know, I mean, anything goes in these live interviews, and I can under I can totally understand the anxiety. So maybe you get the second best thing then, something that's not live right. but y- your own, to, just to do something. Maybe if if that's what the media is demanding. But is it really our right to demand these things? I don't know. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It's like so. First of all, mostly the interviews are dumb. We usually don't get any big revelation. 
And second of all, we know how the commentators love to just talk it out until you're blue in the face. So why not send them a bunch of questions? They can check yes or no, and they can say, well, she said no to this, and then they can just do their thing because they love to talk. Yep, yep. Do the work. Watch the match. Research it. Come to your own conclusions. Submit the questions. Read the answers. Play a couple of sound bites from that. There's nothing wrong with that. I think that that would work. And then when the tournament ends, talk to the, or, or maybe the final four, maybe the semi, right? Maybe the, the final four, get them on, up on the podium, maybe, or not, you know? Um, oh, like as a full, oh, okay, yeah. Uh, so not just one person, so you don't have yeah. to have that much anxiety, but have the entire. Uh, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe something to no, that I, effect. Sure. Not, um, but I, I think a lot I, of that these, would work. Know, <laughs> I could tell you from, from, you know, again, this is golf that I covered, not any other sport, but I can't tell you how many people spent the day doing nothing and then went to the press conference to, to write their story. It's like, come on, man. Watch. 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 Learn. Listen. Absorb. Write. You know? And, and don't rely on the, oh, man, I hope they drop a bombshell that they're actually an android from outer space um, (laughs) to write my story for me. Well, and we live in an age of so many more ways. Like, where did this all start? This started with radio and TV. We interview, this is how we do it because this was our medium. Well, now we have so many different mediums that people use. So maybe they could just choose their medium. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or choose the interviewer. Well, in like my kids didn't yeah. really play much sports, but my daughter rode horses. And if she went through a barrel run and she knocked over a barrel, she doesn't want to talk to you for a while. Right. Mm-hmm. So if I'm in her face with a microphone going, so what happened? Did your knee hit it? Did your foot hit it? What? It's like, oh, my God, leave me alone. I screwed up and I just need to sit with it for a minute. Or exactly. if she did it really good, she's going to be like, yeah, my horse really did good. She really listened and we're, we're a real team. But really, even then, they just want to go high five their friends. If you watch post-game NFL press conferences, they're expected to be there, whether mm-hmm. you lost or not. Because yeah. everybody wants, especially the press, wants to watch how you uh, talk about the game if you lost. Maybe I'm understanding both sides because, yeah, I, we do watch for that uh, after any NFL game for the losers, the winners. The winners go first and then the losers and, you know, oh gosh, did that sound mean? I'm so sorry. But, you, you know, <laughs> the losing team, the losing team. And, and I really do expect to see that. But any other, like young Naomi, I don't know. I don't know. But you know, maybe I haven't really been part of that part of the media to uh, expect and, and to do the post-match, post-game interviews. Have you ever one. noticed, though, they only get three questions? Reporter, like, thank you, they, and then they just leave. Yep. yep. When, you're, when they're right. all sweaty and they throw the headphones on you and everybody's like throwing beer on you or whatever, or you, lo- you lost and it's the opposite, they only get three questions and then that guy throws, throws those headphones down and walks away. Yeah. They ask you a couple questions there on the court, and then when all that's over, they they haul the 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 winner and the and the almost winner uh, into the the press conference and they talk there, and that's it. I don't watch the every single day. I think that's I think that's part of the problem. Is that there's so many of? I think that's what she's saying. Is there? They do it after every single round, you know, and there's only so much you can say or do and that's what what's the grind I think is is getting ready you know it it, in her case it's not even about losing she wins a match and then she goes to the press conference and they ask her questions that suddenly have her second guessing her game going into the next match this is after she's won imagine what it's like when you've lost Right. So I think that's part of what she's saying is it it, it was throwing off the rhythm of, of her performance. That stuff when the game is over, you know, I think that probably is fair game. But it's the ones in between that are. And again, my experience with the golf stuff, I could see it in some of these young players that it got into their heads when people were asking them, well, why'd you use that club? Well, why, what about this? What about that? And you could see it. It's spinning in their head going, wow, why did I? And suddenly everything that you and your coach have worked on for months goes out the window because some idiot reporter asked you a stupid question, you know? I wonder then 
if athletes are expected to do these even small talks, you know, between like I, I keep on thinking of uh, right now. I'm thinking of basketball. I always see uh-huh. even college, uh, even in college basketball, you'll you know they'll they'll interview a short interview while between plays. And, and and sometimes I'm like, wow, that that young man is so poised. He knew exactly what to say, but then you realize he's saying exactly the same thing. The NBA players, professional players are saying. And so I'm thinking maybe there's a, maybe there's just a script that people just have to memorize. There um, is. There, uh, there you know? absolutely is. Okay. They so, tell you, they tell you what, what to, to say. say. Yeah. yeah. They tell you what to say and know what not to say. Don't, you know, don't talk about the losing team and then piss off the, the losing team and then they'll win. And I don't know if that's something that Naomi is trained for. I don't know if that's the coach's job to say, hey, this is what you want to say. And, you know, just say it over and over for 10 weeks. And then, you you know, it'll just be natural. I think it's different, though, in, a, in an individual sport. That's, you know. Um, yes. Yeah. And that was one thing they said. They're like, well, at least, you know, you can get a team member to talk. But when you're the team, then what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're out there. So. Yeah. I wish her well. Uh, what's the next uh, tournament? I guess is Wimbledon. So we'll see what happens. The next Grand Slam, that is. The next is is there a rule at Wimbledon that you have to talk? Yeah, I think they're. I think they're all like that. Oh. They all there's there's an assumption with the uh, World Tennis Association that that you know if you play you talk. How did she do? I mean, did she seem pretty? Like, was her voice shaky? Was she? No, uh, not particularly. No, she's pretty fact, poised. She's, she's she's poised. She's very personable. She does TikTok. You know, it's not. Yeah, she's not like a completely shy, withdrawn. I mean, she might be introverted that just because you do TikTok doesn't mean you, you know, TikTok performance just like anything else. You Um, get to control what you what you put out. Yeah. She's live stuff. Right. 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 Bingo. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody on TikTok is 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 challenging your decisions or or your mental acuity. Right. Um, they just want to, as long as you don't eat Tide Pods, you can do whatever you want on TikTok and not get in trouble for it. Right. Don't um, swallow cinnamon powder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I got to admit, I am the, I am the old man on my front porch when it comes to TikTok. I just look at that and I'm like, what is going on with that? I do <laughs> not get it. Like I get it, but I don't get it. I just feel like it has just dumbed us down to the point of like, I can't even, you know, and, and I, I mean, I love cat videos as much as the next person. Believe me, I have a giant collection of cat and dog videos of my own and of all the other stuff. And my brother sends me things and all of that. But I'm talking about like the human beings on TikTok. It's just so <laughs> stupid. It's like the movie Jackass on steroids, you know? <laughs> Um, Whenever someone anyway. sends me one, except for the cat videos of our coworker, a lot of times <laughs> I watch them and I'm like, I, I don't, I don't know what's happening here. Am I, <laughs> am I supposed to be laughing or is this serious? Now I'm really confused and I don't know what to do. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm so wow. confused. <laughs> confused. <laughs> oh, wow. So Simone Biles. Oh yeah. That's another mm, one. Yeah. So she performed a um, an incredible maneuver in competition. Like a triple uh, pike or something, a double something pike? Like she defies physics. I mean, she really does defy physics with the way she can turn multiple times and in multiple ways in the air in the time before she lands, which is like two, two seconds, right? Mm-hmm. And she performed something in competition and they gave her low scores for it because they, or, or rather, it's not so much that they gave her low scores for doing that. It's that they didn't award her any degree of difficulty points for doing it because yeah. they said no one else can do it and it would be too dangerous for other people to try. So therefore, it doesn't count. Gosh. <laughs> like, what? And all I could think of, and I, I hate, I hate this so much, but all I can think of was, if she were a man, that would never have happened. Mm-hmm. If she were a man, it was, wow, look at what he can do. I can't wait till a bunch of other men try to do it. But because she's a woman, well, we can't have women attempting that. They'll land on their heads and hurt themselves. Mm. I mean, come it was on, a man. superhuman feat. So, oh, it was incredible. Uh, 
So, some people believe it, it wasn't even just that she was a woman. It just stinks. It just stinks that that occurs. And to her, uh, have they, I, I'm not, I'm not one to follow gymnastics, but have they in the past awarded others who did something that no other would have done or did they punish them? All I can think of way. is ice skating. Um, I I cannot I don't remember anybody ever being punished for that. There there was a, a an ice skater who also happened to be a young black girl um, named Surya Bonali who um, was kind of around the same time as the Tanya Harding Nancy Kerrigan maybe a little bit later. She was maybe a year later but not much. And I remember watching her in some competition and she did it like a complete. 360 degree vertical turn like this girl was able to jump and completely turn her body over and land back on her skates smooth as silk and she didn't get very high scores and i seem to remember the reason being similar that well that's some that's not a standard move no one else can do that so we're not going to award her for that and um that moment stuck out in my head and this was in the days before social media but i remember that being a media thing like you know wow that's ridiculous. And so I've never seen it before in gymnastics, but I've also never seen anybody do the things that Simone Biles can do before. I mean, literally no one, no, they're, they're right. And then no one else can do this, but that doesn't mean no one else should try. So it, yeah, it begs the question, what about record setting? And, you know, remember there was the four minute mile forever. You could not break the four minute mile impossible. And suddenly Roger breaks the four minute mile with a three minute mile and it was all uh-huh. mindset. So uh-huh. they say that's not something norm, you know, that could normally be done. Maybe it is, but because right. we haven't allowed it, they haven't tried it. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're right. People could get hurt. She could have gotten hurt. She probably has been hurt, you know? Um, but that's mm-hmm. that's being an athlete. Lori, you you nailed it. That's exactly right. Oh, no, we can't. Oh, Usain Bolt. No, you can't run that fast. You'll hurt yourself, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, or, or or Tom Brady. You're 43 and you're in the Super Bowl. Ugh, no, we can't. No, that doesn't count. You can't do that. You'll other other 42 year olds will hurt themselves. Right. But isn't you know? that where yeah. we get our our you know, we get jazzed when we see people go above and beyond and break records and do the unthinkable and survive the unthinkable. I'm just listening to the book. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Edith Eager, she, Dr. Edith Eager, she survived the Holocaust and she wrote her first book is The Choice. And the second book is called The Gift. And it's all about mindset. She had to dance for the Gestapo. She had to dance or be killed. And it's like, we look to people who break the norm. We don't punish them for it. <laughs> and able to do it live yeah. on TV. Right. So not just during practice. You know, you were saying that uh, Simone could have hurt herself probably when doing trying, you know, that move but during practice. But when she did it live in front of an audience and in front of the judges and in front of the entire world, she did it. She did it. And then like you're saying, Lori, she she said something along the lines after all the judges and all the talk about it. And she goes, I'm sorry, but I can't believe I completed a double pike on vault. Right. <laughs> and so she did. her mindset right there. Right. Was amazing. Yeah. And An think, amazing right. response. Yeah. And think about Evil Knievel. He can't do it. You shouldn't do it. You could get hurt. Well, they did it and they televised it. Right. And they televised it. Exactly. Yeah. So, I yeah, mean, I love, it, I, I love that Simone Biles said that. She's like, I'm sorry. I, just, I was too busy in awe over the fact that I did it. <laughs> exactly. I was too busy clapping uh, for myself. Yeah. Right. Right. I, I love that. And I mean, I'm sure there's other sides to this and everything else. But I mean, when somebody does something amazing, don't they deserve to be acknowledged? <laughs> yes. yes. And she is. I mean, videos of Simone Biles travel you know, the internet pretty fast Mm. because she does these things over and over and over again. And she's like three feet tall. (laughs) It's just like (laughs) so fun to watch this powerhouse, you know, this tiny little powerhouse just do the amazing things that she does. And she's just, she just seems like a nice kid too, you know? Um, So I think that she, she's a hero to a lot of people. They're, they're, they're not burying her with this. Well, that's good. 
are we having an Olympics this summer? Like, I know we're supposed to. Like, Tokyo keeps saying, oh, yeah, we're having it. We're having it. But, I mean, had you guys heard? Some people it? are protesting, I think. Yeah. Or, I don't know. if Is it a protest we're hearing? Or just people just saying, I don't think we should really be doing this right now? I think now? it's more like a boycott. Not even official boycott. I think it's more like a meh. I, I, it, <laughs> I heard something like 10,000 volunteers declined to come. And Olympics are oh. basically run on volunteers. So, um, but I was just curious about athletes. I hadn't really heard much from, you know, U.S. Olympians about whether they're going or not. They say they're all training like it's happening. So that doesn't necessarily mean they're going, but they're, you know, training as though it's going to happen. Like they won't, they're not protesting it though, right? They're not saying, I don't know if I should be doing this because then you wouldn't be training if they didn't think, right? I don't know. I think, yeah, I agree. I, I don't think so. I don't think it's any kind of official protest or boycott. It's but, yeah. It's sort of a wait and see, but you're kind of running out of time for wait and see. Right. Oh, yeah. it's, Isn't it next month? It's supposed to yeah. start Friday, July 23rd. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh-huh. Remember, like, four years ago, they were afraid to go to Rio because there was some, yes. like, mosquito-borne illness thing going on? Oh so now, gosh. like, you know, this is a little different than that. Um, <laughs> I'm. It's... I don't know. Interesting. What's going to happen? It's not a mosquito. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) It's the guy next to you on the plane. (laughs) (laughs) With those round things with things coming out of it. Right. The spiky, the green spiky spiky. ball. (laughs) (laughs) I made a joke to somebody the other day. I guess people, I guess it's too soon. (laughs) Somebody said something about, I was talking about traveling and Europe and and whatever and something about, you know, well, you know, in you know, three years, we won't have to worry about COVID-19. And I'm like, no, we'll have to worry about COVID-2022. <laughs> what? There's a COVID-22? I'm like, okay, relax. Yeah. Relax. Relax. I know we, we got to wrap up here because somebody has to go to work. It's not me this time. <laughs> um, but uh, you guys are, you guys yeah. come here to the West Coast. You're not from here. So I have to ask you, cicadas. Mm, yes. I, I heard them for the first time when I was in Kansas and I'm like, what is that noise? And everyone's like, what noise? I'm like, Th- that that noise. That what is this? And they're like, what? I mean, because it was just it like, like they're so I can't even explain it. I mean, oh, we yeah. have crickets here. Right. It's constant. And it's like it was so weird. And so because there's too many, they're calling them brood X cicadas. Uh-huh. They are scooping them up, washing them, freezing them, then air frying them, dipping them in chocolate and selling them. Yum. <laughs> you know, you don't have to go through that trouble because when the brood emerges every 17 years in swarms like they do, they just fly straight into your mouth. <laughs> Yo. Minus the chocolate. Oh. Yeah, they just go They go right down your gullet without you even thinking about it. I'm so glad we yeah, don't I have them in, here. Uh, I lived in Cincinnati uh, one year when, when they had emerged. And you're right. The sound is uh, amazing. And you don't, you're absolutely right. You do tune it out after a while. You, you, if you come from a place where they aren't and you hear it, you hear it. But if you live there, it, you do drone it out after a while. But you cannot drone out the, the swarm. It's incredible. They just fly in your face. It's really pretty gross. And then they, like, shed their skin or something, and so there's piles of, like, dead skin? Yeah, they're little little carapaces, their whole shell. Like, they, they, they come out of their shell, and the shell remains intact. And sometimes, like, like you'll see a tree that's covered in these little things, and you're like, oh, that's bug. It's like, no, it's not bugs. It used to be bugs. It's their little armor just hanging onto the tree while the bug itself flew away somewhere else. And uh, But no, I'm, I'm not dipping them in chocolate. Are, are they are they only a nuisance or are, are there is there a fear of disease spread by them or anything? I think I, I think the problem is they they can be dangerous to um, trees. I think that they can um, they can affect young trees. Um, you know the it's a it's a canopy problem for like Ann Arbor, Michigan. I've been doing news for them, and I know they they get concerned about some of the young trees in their canopy. They they come out every seventeen years, so if you get a tree that's only like you know eight or ten years old, or or I guess more a tree that's two or three years old, it could be just you know destroyed by a swarm of cicadas. But I 
I don't recall any disease or that kind of issue. It's not like locusts where they go and devastate crops or something like that in in that particular way. Um, it's really more of a gross, disgusting irritant that lasts for weeks. And Lori, did you hear that it was like tasted actually good? Well, I think it's the idea of like chocolate covered ants and chocolate covered grasshoppers. I think it was just like, well, there's so many. Let's dip them in chocolate and sell bugs. <laughs> <laughs> let's make money off of these things. I know. When I was in high school, somebody gave me a chocolate covered cricket. And of course, they didn't tell me what it was. So I took a bite and I'm like, oh, it's yeah. really crunchy. And they're like, it's a, no, it's a cricket or grasshopper. I was like, oh, I didn't want to eat a grasshopper. <laughs> oh, <laughs> rude. I know. Oh, I just remember, I remember dissecting them in high school. We dissected some kind of bugs like that and all the like, their parts are gross. They're all squishy and gross and brown and I don't want to eat that. But then again, we eat shrimp. So maybe it's the same thing, only it's flies. Well, and if you air fry it, really, what's left? (laughs) Right? Yeah. True. Do you, you, either of you have air fryers? I have bought no. one for my daughter-in-law, my daughter, and one of my best friends, but I have never used one myself. Do they like it? They love it. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah, those air fryer people, they're a cult, like those tra- like those Traeger Grill people. You, you, <laughs> oh, you and the Instapot people? Yes, yes, and the Instapot people. <laughs> yes, they're all they're all like that. Oh, the air fryer, yeah, I made this and that and this. Yeah, they, they'll go on and on mm-hmm. about air fryer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, And you can air fry. Just a second. Hold on. Lori, did you did you fly last week back home? I flew home. Yes. Uh, Okay. uh, The reason why I'm asking, because Claire, I know you flew a couple weeks ago, right? mm -hmm. And I'm hearing more and more about irate flyers. Uh, uh, Yeah. People, passengers. Really? Uh, Oh, you haven't heard that? Have you heard that, Claire? Maybe I'm the only one. No, no, I, there's a, a, a one that happened a couple days ago with Southwest Airlines where he, he punched a, a stewardess. Yeah, even, and even passengers fighting, like throwing punches at mm-hmm. each other. And it's not like just one incident. I'm hearing it in the news like a lot more than I ever did before. So I heard yeah. something so I the other wondered. day. They said they're taking away wine. No more booze on the plane because of this. Am I right? Okay, yes, yes that yes. is exactly what Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Southwest did. Yeah, I don't know if other airlines have, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Are, are you guys surprised at this with your experiences flying? Like, did you have at any point any moments of just not rage, but just like, oh, God, you know, that passenger or that stewardess or whatever is making me mad. Like, is does it surprise you or or do you feel like, yeah, I can get cranky easily on, on an airplane? I, I, it, it surprises me. I always feel like when you're on a, you know, all cooped up in a little can that, you know, we want to be on our best behavior. But when I flew there, everybody was cool. In fact, I got to sit right by the guy, steward, that was doing the, you know, drop down the thing and put the seatbelt when he just put everything in my lap so that he could pick it up. And I'm like, whoa. And so he like gave me three packets of snacks. All right. <laughs> I got nothing well, to complain about. Consolation prize? I guess for holding the stuff. Yeah, I mean, I've, you didn't I've feel seen... like anybody was, uh, you know, messed up or, you know, or there was like people on the verge of just almost fighting. When you think of the, the hundreds and hundreds of flights that happen every day and the thousands of people that travel, I think the incidences of people actually losing it like that are pretty low. But they are becoming more common is what the flight attendants have been saying. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why do you think that is? I think everybody's sick of everything. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like enough yeah. already. <laughs> yeah. I, I think there's a, uh, I think Lori's right. <laughs> everybody's sick of everything. I think there's a, there's a, whether it's regular media or social media or being cooped up for the last year or whatever it is. Um, I think there's a lot of pent up anger and frustration and I'm going to take it out on somebody and, um, you know, it just you shouldn't take it out on the flight attendant because I mean she's literally got your life in her hands for one thing. But right. you know, they work very hard doing a million things that you don't. You know, people see them as a glorified waitress, but there are so many more things that flight attendants do. Um, 
I, I felt myself having a moment, you know, when I got, I, uh, I, up, I, I don't know, upgrades the right word, but I, I choose this, um, uh, instead of like basic economy, I choose what De- Delta calls comfort plus, <laughs> uh, for two reasons. You get more legroom and you get a guaranteed overhead bin space. I do not like to check luggage because I've had luggage lost. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm going, especially on a short weekend trip, I just pack as, as small a carry on as I can, but I, I really need to get that overhead space. And how many times have you, you the last one on the plane and you can't get a space. And so that's why I pay that extra thing is because I know I'll get that. And um, I got on my flight and it was a much smaller plane than it normally would have been because of, you know, COVID, there's just fewer people flying and there was no place for my bag. And I felt myself getting really like, I paid for Comfort Plus, I'm entitled to a space for my bag, you know, and I could feel it in myself. (laughs) But I just like went to the flight attendant and I says, excuse me, but I'm, I'm, I can't find a place for my bag. And that's kind of like the whole reason that I, that I, you know, paid this is so I could add it. And she's like, Oh, we'll find a place. And she looked around and she, boop, she put, and I thanked her and I thanked her. And even when the flight was over, I thanked her again, you know, mm. cause I, it, that's not her pushing baggage around. Isn't her job. It is, but it isn't, you know? Um, yeah. but I had to bring it up into myself because I have anxiety when I fly. Right. But mm. that's not her fault, <laughs> you know? Um, and I'm sure she's trained to deal with people with anxiety short of being punched, you know? Um, but I, you know, that's years of training myself to control my anxiety and, you know, not everybody has had the benefit of, of being able to have that training and medication. Which um, actually to, brings us right about to yeah. the first thing. Our girl mm-hmm. who has anxiety, she's young. She mm-hmm. hasn't had time to learn how to deal with it and do what she needs to do. Oh, that's yeah. such a good point, Lori. Yeah. Such a good point. It's true. What do you yeah. think, Anna? I just couldn't stop thinking, do the flight attendants have the training to decide who gets the armrest? (laughs) (laughs) You know, they go through a very intense training every year. Every year they have to go through the training because I have friends who are flight attendants. Who who gets the armrest? I want you to ask that. Rock, paper, scissors. (laughs) In the age of COVID, you can have the armrest. (laughs) (laughs) I ain't touching nothing. Yes. Just keeping my body as small as I can in this little seat. I get Stay the wipes, you get the rest. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, ladies, unfortunately it's time, but it's always like therapy, getting back together and being able oh, to yes. talk about things without feeling judged and, you know, being able to voice opinions on either side of issues I'm so grateful that you guys offer room for that because we're living in a world where it's hard to say what you mean and how you feel without getting attacked. Thank you so much to both of you. I really, I feel so much better getting all that stuff off my chest. Thank you. That was big stuff. (laughs) We're glad to have you back, Anna. We missed you like crazy. Yeah, we did. It was a good time off, but now I got to relearn things. Yeah. How to talk. And how to listen. Like, hey, Lori, will you turn on my computer? Wait a minute. I figured it out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I got a lot to learn. (laughs) Well, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate every time I speak to you and talk to you and listen to you. Ditto. Mm -hmm. And we love you. We're so grateful that you download us. We're so grateful that you listen, even if you don't learn. And learn. learn. (laughs) Or not. How many stars? How many stars? Five stars. Don't bother with three. They only like five. If that helps us get noticed. (laughs) It's all about the five. What do they say? What do they say? They should tell all of their friends. They should tell the master gardener they meet at the farmer's market. (laughs) And they should tell the lady down the street who's not sure which weeds to pull. She just knows she has to pull weeds because they will both (laughs) enjoy it. What better to do when you're gardening than listen to Listen and Learn? Not. Not.